Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rift Enlightenment Within the Divide. I'm the host, Sam Denning. On this one, you get to actually see me in person and know what I look like and see, you know, the inside of my garage back here in the background. I've got my little MacBook Pro and my coffee cup and my uh, Rodecaster Pro set up here that you can see. And this is my boom mic. Kind of a little discussion about how my studio looks. It's ever, ever evolving in this place. Anyway, uh, I've missed being on here and kind of letting myself loose and having people to talk to. Uh, I hope you guys have missed listening to some of these uh, podcasts as well. Today, um, I'm going to speak with Brian Cox. He's been a frequent guest on here, and we're going to talk about one specific type of New Year's resolution, one where people want to try to take control of their finances. And we discuss with each other how how can they do that? How can they get out of debt? How can they save and invest some of the money that they've got left over? And we discuss many, many other things. So I hope you enjoy hearing me and having me back. Uh, as usual, relax and enjoy the conversation. Brian, welcome back to The Rift. Uh, it's been a while since I've had you on here. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, so welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, it's great It's great to have you on here. As a matter of fact, you may not know this, but uh, in all of my podcasting in 2020 and 2021, since I began this uh, little expedition in life, your and my podcast where we talked about smoking on the pellet grill, it, it was the number one most listened podcast of mine. It had 149 downloads. Can you Probably because they thought it included actor Brian Cox and not just some schmuck from uh, Huntington, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that. But I was thinking more along the lines of um, people Googled pellet grill smoking pellet grill. or Traeger and we picked up a couple scragglers uh, or stragglers through doing that. Um, yeah. I, it's very fascinating, you know, like with my YouTube channel um, where people, I just started it out for just listing my rental property, rental walkthroughs. And then I, I ran across some cool videos and they just, the stuff that people choose to watch fascinate. It actually fascinates me because the, the videos I put up, I put up some stupid stuff. I put up some really cool drone videos that nobody cares to see. Um, and then I put up stuff of raccoons in trash cans that get tens of thousands of people watch it. So it's pretty fascinating. Um, part of what I wanted this podcast to revolve around was new year's resolution type things. Um, my brother just did one on the same thing, but I actually, um, 
wanted to delve into one specific New Year's resolution. And so I just, I've got my computer sitting here in front of me and just a simple Google search of top 10 New Year's resolutions. Uh, you can find a, a bunch of different ones, but the ranking that I found was at uh, rl360.com and it listed f- improving your health is number one. Looking after your finances is number two. Uh, a pursue an aspiration is number three. I'll just give the top five. Invest in your relationship is number four, and look after your mental health is number five. So what I wanted to talk with you about, because, you know, you and I are doing property, um, you and I always discuss finances and always discuss ways to save money, ways to invest money, all the different sorts of things like that. So I thought maybe people would be interested in hearing you and I have a frank conversation on number two on this list, looking after your finances and how one can do that this year in 2021 and possibly be successful due to maybe any little bits of advice you and I may have to offer. Um, I think that I look at this two ways. There's people out there that maybe have a surplus of money every month because they make more or they have already done good at uh, conserving and being frugal and maybe they're wanting to know what they should do with their money and what's the smartest, wisest way to invest it, whereas in the past maybe they just stuck it to a savings account. And then there's the other people that New Year's resolution may be, how can I take the amount of money I make and I never have anything left over every month? How can I figure out ways that are reasonable and um, don't really greatly affect my standard of living and maybe can put away a couple hundred dollars or a hundred dollars a month. I think those are the mm-hmm. two types of people uh, maybe there's more you can get into the nuances of that, but I, I think we should address those two core, um, attitudes to have. Okay. So, I'm a self-employed person. You, you have an actual employer, right? Um, I'm a W-2 income primarily, yes. Okay. And for, for me, over the past couple of years, um, I've been finally, you know, blessed enough, um, worked hard enough that I've been having some disposable income. And so I have been doing different things uh, like investing in more property and, in, and actually I've done more traditional investments um, in the stock market. And I don't need to get into all the details of what I specifically am doing, but I am learning through speaking to you and doing uh, talking to my accountant, which I would advise anybody to do, not just take our advice. But I yeah, I think something needs to be said right now. This is yeah. purely a discussion and not legal or finan- true financial advice. Yeah. Please don't hold us to it. Right. This is just a just. What we've done, what works for us. Yeah, to get you thinking and maybe give you some ideas of questions to ask ask those that are in these sorts of professions. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I have been doing a lot more thinking about, hey, what do I do with some of this extra money I've saved up? And um, you have offered me some interesting things. I have recently learned I can do a SEP, S-E-P-I-R-A, which can help me preaching that to you forever. I know. And I've really, I'm finally going to pull the trigger. So let's talk about some of these things. What do you think? Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. The ball's in your court. Um, Let's just talk in general about what good ways that you can save money to invest. So if you don't have that much money and you're looking to, 
um, maybe save up a thousand bucks. And, you know, what are, what are some things that you have found and proven true to you in your life that help you to save some money? Well, I think um, some simple stuff that can help. Yeah, a lot of people are not very disciplined with money. So I give you a big stack of money and you're just looking at this big stack of money. You just start looking and thinking about how you're going to spend that money immediately. So I think I don't, I don't feel like I'm totally unique to, you know, humans. And that's what I want to do. That's my instinct is, Oh man, that's going to be a nice meal. And depending on how big it is, that could be a car, you know, like whatever. And I think some of this is like educating yourself and doing a little bit of like kind of helping yourself out psychologically that you don't see the whole stack of money. So setting up, setting up something as simple as automatic uh, transfers from your checking account to your savings account and having that savings account not be right next to not just a line item right down below or above your checking account. It goes to a different bank. Um, those kind of things help. Same as what if you do have W-2 income and you've got an employer 401k. You get your 401k, and a lot of the time, if you do a traditional 401k, it is done before you're paid. So a percentage of your income um, – your gross income because you get traditional and then Roth, whether it's traditional IRA or Roth IRA, um, they operate pretty similarly. One is pre-tax, one is post-tax. And pre-tax means you're not paying tax on it now. It's going in there and it'll develop tax-free. But then when you withdraw it, you're going to be paying tax. Right. You're deferring the taxes until you, you actually retire, retire and pull it out yeah. of the account. And there's and rules and things the on benefit, that. Yeah. The benefit of that is you might be making less income in your retirement because now you don't have a job. So you're going to be paying in a lower tax bracket than you were while you were working. Or if you're starting out and you're in your twenties and your thirties and you're below the individual retirement account or IRA contribution limit, which is like 141,000. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere in that ballpark. Um, if you're under that, you can contribute post. So it's going to develop. You've already paid taxes on it in 2022 dollars. So then when you draw it out, there is no tax on yeah. it. That's the, that's the beauty of the Roth IRA. And you so can get you can to, get into the nuances of all of these, and and you know, and and people can figure out maybe where that um, they could use each one of these separate things to their own. Yeah, tax say advantages. you're on the borderline, like you're on the borderline of establishing income. Let's just say it's 140, and you could use the traditional, which would drop you below that amount, allowing you to contribute. So if you're above it. You can't contribute, but if you do the traditional IRA, it allows you to drop below it and contribute, which is great. Um, yeah. Because then you can stash away some tax-deferred money. Right. But my point of going into that, instead of just going into the nuances of each of those accounts, is you get paid, it's drawn off before you're actually taking possession of it. 
So it goes to your retirement account of choice. And then you've got what's left to pay your expenses and do everything. Why not put another step in there that says, here, payment comes through, goes to your retirement. And then immediately, some of that money goes to a savings account that you don't see. And then after that savings account gets high enough, it starts to contribute to something else, like a brokerage account or stock investment. Yeah, so your 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 point, real your point here is a lot of people have a tendency if they see money sitting around somewhere that's easily accessible to spend it. Um, yeah. So if you if you pull that money out and use it to your advantage in these various ways, like IRAs, Roth IRAs, uh, SEP yeah. IRAs, all these things, um, you can have it working for you and not really know about it and not have very easy access to it. And that's one way someone might be able to save money and invest it simultaneously. Yeah. I'm, I'm also like, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines, um, kind of a step, a step earlier, you know, like people that are not in the position really at the moment to be thinking about, um, where to put their extra money, but trying to figure out how to get extra money. Um, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you well, build I mean, that people savings. that are people that are overwhelmed with debt, for instance. Yeah. Um, maybe you know they don't. There's no way they can take any extra money and save it because they need to put it towards their bad debt. Now, there's good and bad debts, and that can be a conversation for another day. But basically, oh, that could be weak. Yeah, your bad debt being most notably credit card debt, or maybe you have too many car loans, or you're underwater on something like that. And yeah, so. And I'm not saying you got ahead of the game. I asked you those kind of questions, but I'm kind of trying to stair step this up into like, you know, baby steps up into um, some major things and shifting of money that you can do. But I, I like personally. Yeah, that's the psychological shift of yes. spending money. And if you, well, you got to control, obviously, somebody that's in massive credit card debt has got to figure out how to control their spending. Maybe that I would, requires um, moving you know, not going to stores that seem to make you want to purchase everything shiny or, or, you know, just deferring gratification, basically. That's kind of what all this is about, is delaying your gratification. But if you yeah, are, so, if, if you are, I'm sorry, keep, keep cutting, but I wanted to finish this thought. If you are deep, deep in debt <laughs> and you have multiple right. credit card accounts, I think, from my experience, the best way to try to get that under control that does not seem so overwhelming would be what is referred to uh, as the debt snowball method. Dave Ramsey talks about it all the time, and I don't agree yeah. with a lot of what Dave Ramsey said, but I think There's, so much of this is psychological, and the debt snowball is the theory of if you got multiple credit card accounts, you pay off, you put any extra money you have towards the lowest balanced one first, and then you pay the yep. minimums on all the other ones, and then as you knock that one out, you keep paying the same amount of money total towards the next lowest one. And keep the other ones up to date with the minimum payments, and then you chisel them out, and eventually you can get out of that bubble. You're never yeah. going to get out of that bubble if you can't fix your spending habits, though. But anyway, he also has the debt avalanche. He does debt avalanche and debt snowball, and it's two approaches to paying down debt. One is eliminating the smallest debt, which gives you small successes as you go forward. The other one is attacking the worst debt, so the one with the highest interest payments, generally credit card, as you mentioned. And then working back into something like a student loan or something of that nature, mm-hmm. um, or just your house, maybe that your mortgage payment, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, 
there's literally books and just months worth of things about that on Dave Ramsey's website. So I would just, I would go out there and say that that's a great way to do it. Uh, one caveat of Dave Ramsey's thing that I don't fully agree with is he's, he's a no debtor and I get yeah. a lot of what he's saying, but also there is a point where I think that having debt work for you is a good thing. And that's leveraging, particularly in real estate, which you've been, it's been very advantageous for you. And really has for me too. I just, I haven't done as much of it. Um, and if that's something you're interested in, I'd go after the guys at like bigger pockets and their, um, their webpage and their, um, they've got great podcasts on that, uh, and a number of books. But I think finding that money, paying down those debts is something that you have to like really take stock of what is a need and what is a want um, in your life. And And this is why, this is why these are top five and top 10 new year's resolutions every year, like losing weight, losing, uh, saving money because they are things that the human brain and, and condition struggles with. Feels good to spend all that money and not think about tomorrow. Feels good to eat terrible. It feels good to not get up and go for a run. You know, although yeah. it also simultaneously feels good to go running and to eat healthy. And, you know, but you get into these uh, bad habits I, that everybody has. And it's really boils down to the, the, the gratification sort of thing. If you're able to control your spending. So, like, none of these yeah. things will work. And this is kind of why I'm stepping it up because I do want to talk more about these investment vehicles and, and, and their tax. But I think that pe- a lot of people need to get to that point. So, first, like in a lot uh, chronological succession. So, if you're in bad shape and you got a bunch of credit card debt, but you do make good income, you can chisel your credit card debt away in some good, in some good methods that we've discussed already. Um, there's plenty of them out there. But that as long as you're trying to do it, it's going to help. As long as you're doing one of them, uh, the debt avalanche, the debt snowball, you know, if you're actively trying to do, mm-hmm. to, to tackle that, but you have to make meaningful lifestyle changes, just like with losing weight. Um, like you said, you have got to determine what is a need and what is a want. Um, and you can I certainly mean, one have of my days wants. that I do like, I cook for myself and I don't pay people to do health improvements. It's things I've either taught myself to cook, which means I'm not spending money out and about. Like I know I can make things better than a lot of restaurants can make them and more enjoyable and for less. So that's an easy thing people should do. And that's in self-investment. And the other self-investment is teaching yourself something constantly. And that's what you and I do, particularly when it comes to like stuff around the house. Uh, right now, if you had something break in your house, electrical, plumbing, whatever, how fast could you yourself assess it? Yeah. And you could immediately probably fix it and or know just how bad it was and say, all right, this is at the level I'm going to pay somebody to come in, which doesn't happen very often for you. No, um, no, those no, kind of things it, have it, saved us it's only a lot something of money major. And even some of the major stuff, like heating and air, I'm starting to figure out. Um, yeah, you know, the, tree any, falling on your house, <laughs> right? Tree falling on the house, yeah. you know, uh, having to fill my heating and air with Freon can't do that. 
can't can't I don't have the yeah. ability to patch a hole in my uh, in my line set that goes to my unit. But like you said, yeah, I right. can assess it within several minutes of checking. And electrical, it out. I'm comfortable from pretty much the box Great. out to every plug, rather than yeah. I'm going to call an electrician from the box to the line. I'm yeah. not messing with the meter. So for the, so you, you learn are, those things. Yeah, these are good things. So so like doing your own home improvements, eating at home. Mm-hmm. I would venture to say that I bet fast food consumption and takeout food consumption is the largest reason why people don't have any money left over. They don't cook meals at home and they spend every they additional yeah, they spend every additional dime and I'm 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 one of these people too. We don't cook at home that frequently. I mean as much as we should. But these are these are ways to cut it back. But like, you know, like we that's a lifestyle change. You got to you yeah. got to that's adjusting on multiple levels of your, you know. I also don't like I'm not very very good at turning over my my wardrobe very often um i buy good clothes that last a long time and i've maintained my high school weight and this year is going to be 20 years since we graduated wow so i get called out by my wife you know how old are those jeans i don't know but they're perfect to paint it you know like yeah, that's maybe that's that's a good thing and a bad thing, but that just means that I, through the years, have not spent a lot on clothing unless it's functional um, and needed. So that's helpful. But yeah, going back to like your the breakover point of you know it feels good to eat garbage and sit around and lay around, and then but it also feels good to eat something healthy and run. A lot of people that look at that and they go, Oh, I hear that. But they're not thinking about that in between or they're fixated on that in between of how long it's does too it take for a run yeah. to feel good? Like if I went and ran right now, I can run pretty well. It, you know, and it looks like that I've run a lot, but then it hurts, you know, and it takes me a while to get past that point of it hurting, you know, right. And people don't like that challenge. Um, Everything that's good for you. Tends to come with a price. Nothing is yeah. free. Nothing is free. Um, it often hurts. Even the mental things. When somebody tells you the yeah. truth, and I've said this on some of my other podcasts, I say it all the time. When somebody tells you the truth, and it's and it's something you don't want to hear, it usually hurts. It's painful, but it's growing. You know that what the truth is. Yeah, it, you're like, all right, that person's <laughs> right. I'm overweight. Yeah, so you can, you know, so, so so for some of these people that maybe you have more debt or whatever, don't make as much money, don't have as much disposable uh, income, these are things that I think, you know, we, we agree on this, right? Things that you can change. And a lot of it always boils down to lifestyle change, like, mm-hmm. which is why there are continual annual renewals of, because it's hard to change your lifestyle. It just is. Yeah. Um, let me just read you eight, tips that I'm, I've found on, I've Googled here on my computer that they say are uh, eight quick ways to cut down on some money. And maybe it's something for somebody to think about. And maybe some of these don't apply to people listening. But uh, number one, and we have not discussed this, but it's learn to budget and understand your finances. A lot of people, money come in, money comes out. They don't think about it. but They, it, they don't know how much yep. their expenses are. Sometimes they can't even point, name them all. If you point out to somebody all of their... Uh, 
debits, their expenses off that they spend in a month, and you show it to them, and what it goes towards, people oftentimes will 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 take a step back and go, "Wow, I did not realize that." When you turn something that they feel is wrong into something that they can actually touch and see, it's an eye opener. Mm-hmm. So that's number one: budget and understand your finances. Number two: get out of debt, which we just talked about. Um, good ways to get out of debt. Um, Three, create a designated savings account, kind of like what you were talking about, throwing money into somewhere that you don't see it, particularly pulling it directly out of your pay before it's actually mm-hmm. there so that it's something. Um, pay yourself first. Yeah, which that's number four, automate your savings. So get a savings and then automate it. And you also brought this up. Number five, automate your bills. Adjust mm-hmm. a, number six, adjust the spending limit on your credit card so that you can't spend more than a certain amount. Um, and if mm-hmm. you have people that you want to help you out with that sort of thing, if you have a family credit card, make it so it notifies the other person so that they're there to be accountable for you. If you know you got a problem spending, they might say, Hey, I got notified that you tried to spend X amount of money today and don't get angry at the person. Know that it's for your own health. Um, yeah. Number seven, Use the envelope budgeting system. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I'd have have to. That's easy. Um, It's basically you get your money in and each envelope is your monthly expenses. Oh, that's what they do. Okay. You've got electrical, water, whatever your utilities are, your mortgage, and you put money into each of those envelopes. So you fill them proportional to your, you know, your needs. Um, And it's, that allows you to see what you need in each of those. It's a way of tracking your spending. Um, I've even heard people going so far as to set up checking accounts as those envelopes so that they immediately do it automatically. That seems a bit extreme to me, but if that works for them, that works for them. All of these things, personal finance is personal and everything's different. Your finances are wildly different than mine. Right. Yeah. Um, and each, each thing, the things that hold people to this and make them accountable and, 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 and motivate people are totally different. So the things that yeah. may drive you to saving money are different than the things that may drive me to saving money. And we are doing a big chunk. I never want to pay a late fee. As simple as that. So yes. I pay things on time. And I don't like to pay, I pay them as, they, as soon as they pop up. And I don't like to pay bad interest. Like I don't mind, but like, credit card interest. I pay my credit card off every month. Yes. And and I never do the monthly minimum. We could go down the list of, Hey, get these credit card, (laughs) get these credit cards that give you cash back, never pay them interest. And these are all good, good things. And, um, we could go down this rabbit hole, but we're kind of brushing over this fairly quickly. But number, um, Number eight on here is cut back on rent. So, I mean, maybe if you're overpaying on rent or something, you can move and get cheaper rent. That could save you a lot of money. But I want—I wanted well, to. I mean, oh, you, think yeah. about that. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Is we're we're talking about little things, eating at home, not drinking a Starbucks cup of coffee, making it on your own. Yes, that stuff adds up. But you're talking like pennies on the dollar. If you look at your capital expenses first, there's probably more savings in that than there is in all of the little piddly stuff, buying. Uh, off-brand opposed to on-brand, whatever it is, shampoo. So if you're extended on your car, what do you need from your car? Do you need basic transportation? Do you need a 
20 or newer vehicle? Or could you have an older vehicle, not have a car payment, and satisfy your needs? Yes, probably. I drive drive an older vehicle, and it's a Mazda CX-5, and it's over 100,000 miles on it, and it does what I need. And I like that car, and I like it a lot because it's been paid off for about five years. Yeah, you look at the Um, people that have a lot of money squirreled away, and inherently they are driving an older, beat-up-looking car. You know, they don't have Warren all Buffett. these payments. Warren yeah. Buffett has a lot of money squirreled away, and he drives an older car. It's just never been something yeah, he, he has said he needed. Uh, he needs transportation, and he probably drives an old Buick or an old Oldsmobile, you know? like Yeah, you can— And then your housing, just as you were saying. Do you need the big, huge, flashy house? No. I mean, look at what I just did. To try to get even further ahead. Yeah. You, I was renting when I moved to Connecticut and I was like, I feel like I'm wasting money on that. And in 2000, into 2015, um, we bought a house and I bought a house that smelled like dog pee that I had to rip out all the floors and the bottom part of all the walls and resheet rock them and put new flooring down and stabilize that house over the course of five years of ownership, it was a mess. It was a lot of work, and a lot of people wouldn't have done that, but it allowed me to establish equity and buy a house, and I just sold it for a nice amount of money. And then I moved back into a duplex. I live in an apartment now. How many people are going to go from living in a single-family home with a big yard to moving into a duplex? Because I'm going to save... $450 $450 a month. Right. And, and I don't feel like I'm losing out. And that $450 a month is going to help me establish more value into this place and probably do it again, making right. another and, nice home. And what you've done there and on that, that's a good segue into what I was going to say now. You know, if, if there are people out there, so what you're doing is, is you're actually living by example and you're going one step further and taking that money and you're, you're, you're like investing it back into something else that generates you money and saves you money simultaneously by building all that equity. But I was going to say, yeah. For the folks out there that may be listening that have a, because there are an awful lot of people that are afraid to deal with, <laughs> a, afraid to deal with banks, uh, afraid to deal with interest, and afraid about prolonging a loan. But I'd say, let, let's say you're out there and you have a good income and you ha- you own your own home, but you're making payments on it, um, and you have several credit cards that you'd like to get paid down. It may be very possibly, like I said, you know, we're not financial advisors, but I'm just saying now's the time to go back to the bank and refinance that house and take some of that money out and consolidate your debts. You'd be astonished depending on what your interest rate is that you're locked in with right now. You may go from five or 6% interest down to two and a half, say, you know, pull out 30 or $40,000 and pay off all your debts and your monthly payment will be less. So you'll have more money to save every month, and you'll be rid of all your debts. Yeah, you still have that debt bundled up into your home, but, I mean, it makes it manageable. And what I would advise is if somebody listening has not done that or considered doing that, I would go and talk to a banker and ask them just what I'm t- what we are talking about. This is a very, it's a very wise financial decision, and do it now before the federal government starts raising the interest rates again. But – yeah. Um, 
real real quick on just throwing out a couple stats. Do you know how many Americans have four hundred dollars or more in emergency savings? So if something were to happen, what percentage of people in America if something that costs like, four hundred dollars could come up with it at the drop of a hat? I thought it was like four percent of the US population can't can't pay a thousand dollars or less. So I'm not sure exactly. I know it's low. Now the stat that I found, which was uh, on a CNBC news article written back in 2019, but it says f- only forty percent forty percent of Americans could not come up with four hundred dollars for an uh, unexpected okay. expense. So sixty percent do have four hundred dollars, but forty do not. Um, you know that. That that's it is incredible, um, you know. There's a it, 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 that kind of stuff is pretty mind blowing. So you know when you when you can better yourself and get into a better position on your finances. So these are probably people's goals. You know, we're talking broadly at the beginning. You know, New Year's resolutions on finances, and usually it's to save some extra money because or, or, or learn how to cut back, right? So you can save or take the money that you are able to save and in, invest it and let it grow. Um, or obviously a mixture of the two of them. Save it and take the money you save and, and, and try to do something wise with it. But I would ultimately say a lot of the people at the beginning of the year go, I'm going to try to cut out going to Starbucks every day to save money. Yeah. Or I'm going to, they- you know, but there are big decisions that people really probably haven't sat down and self-reflected about that they could change and really get a leg up. You know, I, I like the idea of compounding interest. I'm big into, if I buy stocks, I like the ones that pay pretty decent dividends and you can sit on them and hang, hang on them. And they, you know, the interest compounds if you've got extra money. Um, but like you were saying earlier, there's a way to take things like that that will also make you additional money and roll them over into retirement vehicles that the government offers to help you on your, help you with your tax uh, liabilities and your tax burdens. So that's like a whole separate layer. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. the the government has written some very uh, beneficial tax laws over the years to help people to save up uh, for their retirement. And, I think very, very few people, when you tell them go to a financial advisor or do this and that, whatever, they get scared. They think somebody's just out there trying to take the their hard-earned money. Um, and if you do have money saved up and laying around, uh, it's much, 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 much better to get it in the hands of somebody like that uh, invested than it is sitting under the couch cushion or in a savings account, particularly with this blowout inflation that we're dealing with in the country right now. Yeah. Because you're actually losing money, uh, you know. I mean, we're we get kind of getting off topic. The, the basis of all is this is said by a number of financial people um, that I follow and different things. It's spend less, earn more, invest. And I think there's some other parts of that, but that's the gist of it. Spend less, earn more, and do what you can to earn more. Um whatever that may be, you know, like if you got to pick up, you know, a night job somewhere, you know, Dave Ramsey talks about going and delivering pizzas. Um, even if that's like 20 bucks a month or 20 bucks right. a week, 
extra. Just like, a, like a, like a, side, a side gig. Yeah. A little side hustle. Yeah. You know, um, so, my, my personal new year's resolution on finances specifically is to learn more and quit, just quit, just listening to you, Brian, and brushing it off, but listen and set up more with my, I don't know, put my, your big brain on it rather than it, my simpleton. Yeah. Simple brain. No, you know, I'm just thinking like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. But I'm not doing anything advantageous for tax benefits for me in my retirement. I'm either going to get slammed with, and, and everybody should pay taxes on the money they earn. I'm not saying they shouldn't. And, and it, and it taxes should be are fair. what you pay in order to live in a society. Right. I'm just but if I'm if I've got a growing business that I'm trying to grow that employs people, I, I can't function if I'm overburdened with taxes and every I've got to keep reinvesting that money and reinvesting that money. So if I can defer some of that stuff for 15, 20 years until a lot of my stuff's been paid off and then I'm drawing the income in and then I'm paying taxes on it. It benefits everybody because I'm also paying more taxes because it's hopefully more money. Um, yes. So it benefits the government, benefits everybody, and it you know benefits uh, me and my family. And I also find it interesting because a lot of people think when they hear these things, oh, you know, it's these wealthy people can defer their taxes for it. It it, it does benefit the government, and it's a mutually uh, it's it, it scratches everybody's backs. The government's not giving me. A free ride, uh, no. you know, and it's there the for government reason. is giving you options for your discipline on discipline on spending through the years, and you're working on furthering yourself. That's all. Um, <laughs> I have got my property podcast that I've only done one episode on, but I'd like to. Uh, get you on there, Brian, maybe for the next one and go, go through a little bit of, uh, what you've learned, uh, through your live in flip, which I don't know if at the time, you know, you can talk about it. If at the time that was your intention was to live in and flip it. I know that you talked about it off and on. Um, but also, I mean, that was my intention, but I didn't know all of these terms. Like we had a roommate for a while that, you know, got a house and rent a room. That's house hacking. And what I'm doing right now is called house hacking. Yeah, and I would not have known that I term. actually, yeah, I mean, these, um, are, these are terms I didn't know about, but it, they just kind of, I backed into them. And I mean, I had thought about with my old house actually doing what they call burr, which is the buy, um, renovate, what is it? Refinance. Refinance, rent, repeat kind of thing. Yeah. And I, um, well, so, well, I was going to say, I want to talk about this in a whole separate podcast. I want to talk yeah, about the, the, the podcast. Yeah. I want on my property podcast, this stuff's all related. It's all financial. Um, this one yeah. is, you know, the one we're discussing today and, and it's fine to get off topic, but the main overall thing is, you know, how can you save money and stay true to your, if your, uh, if your new year's resolution has to do with money, how can you save money? How can you possibly get out of debt? How can you take, what, what are some options you could do with that money? Uh, what are ways to make it grow? Just very broadly speaking, but I, I do want to have you as a guest on the, uh, the property harvester podcast, because, you know, you've learned a lot and been able to walk and uh, walk through a lot with me on buying a duplex owner financed from, Yours truly, mm-hmm. um, so that we've done some some interesting little deals, and you've made money. I've made money. 
you know, a good, been a hard money lender to you yes, on a deal. Yes, and a, you've been a hard money lender to me on a deal. And it, it's um, there's a lot of interesting, fascinating things that if somebody cares well, about this stuff, they'd like to listen to. But on and I think something to say, it's worth saying. I don't really budget. You know, like all these people, they're like, I don't want to budget. I'm scared of budgeting. I don't actually budget. Um, I just know my expenses. I pay my expenses and I pay myself. And I have basically like, well, what I've paid myself after all this is my guilt-free spending. Mm -hmm. And if I want to go out and I want to buy, I mean, one of my big things is camping and um, being on the motorcycle, if I want to buy some motorcycle equipment or, you know, what have you, I do it. And I don't think anything of it because I know in the background, I've taken care of all of my expenses. And this is the gift to myself for doing that. And I think a lot of people look at that as like, this is such a hard thing to do. And it means budgeting means no fun. I'm not yeah. a proponent of that. You know, I, I fight myself. I, th- I think there's so many equivalents to this stuff as, as with eating. People don't want to think and plan out their meals and do diets and this and that and change their lifestyle because they think it means I'll never get to eat something good again. Yeah, it just means kale and iceberg wedges their whole life, that kind of yeah, thing. Right. But it doesn't have to be that. Um, yeah, I just I, I fight myself because... I love the investing thing. It's something that I nerd out and geek out on. I'm the same. I don't get I'm, lost into into yeah. huge spreadsheets or anything, but I like looking into all that. And it like it's a challenge for me to be like, all right, if I can save hundred dollars, can I save a hundred and five dollars? And I just start doing that. And like the market's down right now, so I'm like, man, I gotta take this money and buy shares right now because <laughs> I can buy more. Like. I'm not retiring, so it thrills me that it's down right now on the prospect that in 30 years, it will likely be up over the period in which it is right now, so I'll have more. Yeah, you and, and, I, you and I on this are cut from the same cloth. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm almost an obsessive-compulsive saver, and I always have been. Yeah. Anybody that listens to this that knows me knows that I'm always squirreling away money somewhere. Now now that I've got you know wife and kids, and they're going to school, and I've got a lot more payments, and... I started to open up and spend more money, especially when I became a business person, because you have to spend money. And a parent, too. Yeah. You I have mean, to you, learn yeah, to yeah. like the moment you're in and live in that moment, too. Right. and it, Not splurge through it. Exactly. You're, but as a business owner, too, you have to learn to let go. It takes money yeah. to make money. Like, you can't. I could just say, oh, that lawnmower when I was starting my lawn business was just way too much money. I'm not going to, you know, because I was that kind of a person. Man, I don't want to let go of that. I could do this with that. with, it. You know, take oftentimes take that risk, if, you know, to on on the, something that you think will be an investment. You know, buy assets, basically, if you're going to buy stuff. And then. Yeah, that's let, rich let, dad, poor dad. Yeah, let buy the, assets, <laughs> not liabilities. Let the liabilities that you buy, and this is on a much bigger scale than just pinching pennies or whatever, but let that, let the liabilities you buy literally just be with fun money. Um, the, I, I don't want to let this podcast drag on too long because we could beat this to death, death and we are already delving into areas that I'd like to talk to that are related to, um, 
the property more 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 or less but it's there's a lot of things that people can do for their financial new year's resolutions um that are good to do all the time, not just at the beginning of the year, not just once a month at the beginning of the month, but to just change your lifestyle. And yeah. that's what a lot of this I'm stuff is about. I, I'm, I'm actually, Brian, I'm recording this. Um, I think I told you that off the air, but I, this is my first time to try to record this. My brother David set his up to try to do, and I've been thinking about this for a while, and I even bought a tripod for it. And I thought, you know, I'll do it. So another one of my resolutions is to make a little bit more professional looking videos on YouTube. And I've got some on how to repair, you know, like you said about saving money. And this is a shameless plug for me, but I, Ryan Stoner watched the video that I put up of replacing the water inlet valve on a Whirlpool uh, or Frigidaire or something. I think it was a Whirlpool. They're all the same. Dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's sparked a lot of interest. I mean, and other people were watching it other than just my friends, but Ryan Stoner said, man, I wish I'd have really paid attention to that. I had to have that exact part replaced on my dishwasher back in early December, and it was $240. You want to talk about, yeah. I mean, I spent thirty-two ninety-three or something on the part at Amazon, and all I needed to fix it was uh, my fingers, <laughs> a, screw, a screwdriver, and a, uh, a wrench. That was it. Yeah, um, an Irwin screwdriver, an combo Irwin? screwdriver. Oh, Lowe's sells the best stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got one of the Craftsman. It's it's an oldie and it's a goodie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. before Craftsman kind of went, went under. Under, yeah. Well, what and then came back. What do you think? If you were going to give some piece of advice to someone out there, that's that's New Year's resolution is to save some money or to invest or whatever what would you be what would be one piece of uh, advice you'd give them or encourage or even encouragement or something yeah i'm i'm not a big new year's resolution person i don't believe in saving goals for a period of time here's what i would say and this kind of goes with it i guess is self-improvement of any kind can happen at any moment and should happen now. Like you're the best, you know, the saying the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago or today. And the second best time is today. So right. don't wait till a new year to make yourself better. Exactly. Do it's, it now. It's never pick, too late. Pick a goal, write that goal down and hold yourself to it. No one else is. You're not in school anymore, and you're not getting forced to be tested, and you're not getting spoon-fed something. You're getting to choose this. It's not somebody else choosing this for you. You are choosing this, and stay with it. And I bet when you do that, it'll feel pretty good, and you'll want to do a different one. And then when you do that, you'll want to do another one. And before you know it, you'll have done 10 of these goals, and you'll be better for it. One thing. No matter what the topic is. Yes. One thing I would say that is true about me, and I, I'm assuming you, is that we're very goal-oriented. And if you are goal-oriented and you make the goals something that's actually achievable, and, and people know what that is. you know. And I hate to say mm-hmm. it like that, but there's people that, oh, I want to go do this. They know that's impossible. You know, That might be a 50-year goal or never. Make achievable one-year goals or six-month goals or five-year goals that are actually achievable. You know, write them down and, and then well, circle the that ones that are maybe the, longer term. But 
that you goes know. to the snowball versus avalanche effect. Mm-hmm. Pick some short-term goals and pick them off. Get them. Yep. But also pick some long-term goals. And what might work towards those too? Like I've got some big goals, particularly for this duplex that I just bought. That for me to say I'm going to achieve them by the end of the week is just impossible. Yes. It's an end of the year, end of the two years type thing. A great and thing that, that puts it into perspective is when you do buy a fixer upper property and you do the work yourself. You know, you watch all mm-hmm. these shows on TV and it gets done in the course of an episode. Uh, yeah. But in reality, you go and you swing a hammer and hang drywall and, you know, plumb for nine months or a year. You know, it's a long slog, but, the, but, it's, but it's there. So you set daily goals. I'd like to get the wiring done this month. I'd like to get yeah, the, so you know, I'd like to get I the house done house. in a year and I'd like to get, yeah. you know, but my, my goal is to renovate this house. That's my yearly goal. I'm going to tell, say my goals and record them. I want to have this place totally livable upstairs in the unit in which we occupy. And then I'm going to start working on exterior things that have to do with the garage and the basement and the rental unit downstairs that's next year's but within this year i've already established one of i've already got my one goal the master bedroom smelled i buy smelly houses because you can remediate smells it <laughs> yeah. smells like dirty laundry a 14 year old had occupied that room and never did laundry and it stunk like bo and scrub the floors and the walls refinish the floors i paid somebody to do that that is one of those things. It's just not worth my time compared to the cost. But I ripped out the old closet and put in all new closet rails, painted the walls, put in a ceiling fan, redid all of the outlets, um, and bought furniture. And now we have a complete and finished room. So when we go to sleep at night, we go to sleep in the standard in which the rest of the house is going to be finished. We walk in there. It's the first thing we see in the morning, nice, clean, and crisp. Last thing we see at night, nice, clean, and crisp. And then we walk out, and we see the motivation. The next thing's going to be the bathroom. So month one, bedroom. Month two, bathroom. Month three, second bedroom. Month four is the living room. And then I'm going to do the big thing, which is the kitchen. So in six months, I, I want to be working on my kitchen and, and be done with that. That's doable. You and know, those are my goals. Like I and, have, and those those are achievable. You know, I have. Yeah. It. it I have some folks that I know that you know, like I want to do this flipper, or I want to do this or that or whatever. And I, I, I often, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they don't have a big overarching plan. I mean, I have a plan. I could. I've done it enough times. I could help implement it, but it's kind of like I don't want people to feel like this is something that you do and it just happened. You've got to have goals and it's the same thing with your finances and, and, and it is doable. So my over, I don't, um, my overarching words of encouragement for anybody out there listening to this that has, um, financial new year's resolutions is that it is doable. And Brian's right. You do, you don't, don't let it just be new year's. Let it just be, you know, change your lifestyle any day that you, you know, 
and, and stick to it, set doable, achievable goals. And it's possible. It is possible. You can, you can grow your savings into something much larger. You can get out of debt and have a great, you know, not feel so overwhelmed and, and, and so stressed. But one of the reasons, obviously, we're talking about New Year's resolutions is because this is my first podcast of the new year. Um, and uh, my brother David in his podcast pointed out that people make these resolutions all throughout the year. Every day they wake up and say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, right? All Any day of the week. And I'm not saying this to make you not do it, but statistically, apparently, New Year's resolutions are 10 times more likely to actually stick. And I don't know if it's because people feel more obligated because they made it for the new year. I have no idea. I don't know the reason that that's the case, but it is the case. But either way you slice well, it, they're probably uh, this you the know right now is never the most too late. and succeed the least. One of those kind of deals, right? There's more of them, but it's never you know. And and we'll we'll end on this note. How's this? Um, okay. It's like, and I'm going to repeat what you said. It's never too late to change your lifestyle and to start saving. Never too late. And it's always doable. And at the end of the day and at the end of the year, at the end of 10 years, you're going to be extremely glad you did. Yeah. And it takes time. Everyone really likes to see fast results. And they look at people that are ahead of them or older than them, whatever, and think, why is it I don't have that? Well, incremental small steps, achievable goals, and those people built that over time. Wealth is built over time. It's not one in a day. Yeah, slow and steady truly wins the race. Um, yes. I mean, you do get lucky here and there, and uh, things happen. Yeah. So sometimes it's just right place, right Some time. people play the lotto and win. Yeah. I don't play the lotto. Well, maybe I'll play the lotto when it gets 500 million or so. Because my old buddy Sam says, why don't you go out and get you one of those tickets? (laughs) Just in case. You never know, man. We can get as many short term rentals as you want to all up and down the East Coast if you win that. Well, um, on that note, Brian, I I do, I want to extend an actual public invitation. Would you like to come onto the Property Harvester podcast here soon and and, and delve a lot more into this other stuff? The, the yeah. you know, the, the stuff you've done, the stuff that maybe I've done, although I'd rather interview you and just hear about all your experiences so far, because I'm, the overarching theme is going to be my experiences of the whole podcast, but I want individual uh, accounts, and you've well, got a great little story yeah. going already. Um, I think it's good to see that it's not just one person, you know, like, there are many out there, and once you actually get into this stuff, you see how many people are doing it. Okay. You're not alone in this. No one is. Right. No, exa- exactly. And somebody's got to be owning all this property. It's either owned by the person living in it or somebody taking care of it and managing it. And, I mean, there's massive desire for both. So, um, yeah. well, on that note, I'm going to I'm gonna let this go. And we're, we're going to about to pick up my son, uh, Owen, from school here and everything. And I hope those listening, they learned something, enjoyed the conversation at the same time. Um, you know, welcome back. Uh, if there's anybody new listening, thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation and you got something out of it. So, Brian, take it easy. I'll talk to you later. Yep. All right. Later, bud. See ya.
around my home It's a perfect little hideaway for me to own This pretty village said my name, you know Generations use their mind to hollow out the stones This will be our little secret Cross your heart and hope to die today Each other 